Cisco Live US 2017 Recap Episode 6 Welcome back, nerds, geeks, and ziglets, for another episode of the ZigBits Network Design Podcast, where zigabytes are faster than gigabytes. As always, our goal is to provide you with real-world context around technology. I'm Michael Ziga, also known as Zig in the community, and I'm your host. So today's show is going to be about Cisco Live that ended about a week ago. As I'm recording this on July 6, 2017. So it ended about uh, a few days before uh, Independence Day in the U.S. And, and honestly, uh, this last week has is, is really been pretty depressing. I, I, I would call it, I'm having the Cisco Live depression or the Cisco Live blues. And, and if you're not familiar with this or anything like it or other terms, what I would define this as, the Cisco Live depression, is really we are all packed in one week, we, we see a ton of people in the industry, friends, colleagues, we make new friends, we, we meet people, we hang out with people, right? We hang out with everyone, we have technical sessions that we learn about all bunch of technology, and then we have evening events like the CCIE party or the cust- customer appreciation event. It's jammed a pack with so many events and so many different items that you can you can attend and do that once it's over after five or six days you go through this period of time where you're you're having to readjust and not everyone has to go through this or goes through it but for i find myself that 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 last day or two or the end of the the conference that i really have a lot of issues where I'm depressed. Um, I was hanging out with all my friends, all, all new friends, and, and having a great time and doing a lot of stuff. And then, you know, the travel home, get home, um, and then it's like, okay, well, and if you're like me, I work from home. So it, it's, I don't really interact with a lot of people that I work with. I interact with a lot of customers. So this is that time of year where it's blah. So before I get ahead of myself, the show notes for this episode of this podcast is going to be at zigbits.tech slash six. And I have I have a real loose agenda today, so we're going to start out. So Cisco Live really brought me to a, a new social opportunity. Cisco Live really brought me into the, the video realm of the social environment, the social community. So at Cisco Live, um, what I'm calling it is I'm on video. It really made a pretty big impact in multiple avenues during Cisco Live to be on video. Now, in the past, I have been on video occasionally. I've done one of the Network Collective episodes in the past, which is a video podcast. You can view all of the Network Collective episodes by following zigbits.tech nc. I've done one episode of theirs, and at Cisco Live, I did another one, which I'll get into in a little bit. In the past, I've also done some video recording and presentations done with our an organization that I help um, run out of Boston called the Boston Network Operators Group, or BOSNOG for short. You can go to zigbits.tech slash BOSNOG, that's B-O-S-N-O-G, to follow all BOSNOG-related content. And, and I've done some presentations there on the evolution of the design mindset, 
we do a lot of different kind of meetups. It's really just a huge users group. You can go there and see what we can do. But um, so I've done some video stuff in the past. I've done a couple cameos, video cameos for Oron Ergen in his CCDE boot camps over the last probably six months or so. I've done I think three or four of them. Just getting out, getting out there, putting my face on video. Not the easiest thing for me to do. Doing the podcast, I feel like, is a little easier than putting myself on video, live video. Let me rephrase that. Um, whereas the podcast, I can edit afterwards, right, if I make a mistake. Whereas on video, you have to be on, right? Live streaming video or live video, you really got to be on and, and doing it the best you can. So, And I'm I'm a perfectionist, if you haven't figured that out. Back to uh, – so all of Oran's content can be found at zigbits.tech slash oe. The first thing that I want to mention in terms of video was I was selected or asked or however it came about. I think it was really in the right place at the right time and the opportunity presented itself. But um, Cisco Live US had a social media overview video that they were uh, recording at Cisco Live. And I was invited to be a part of it. There were, I think there was three of us. We were invited to be a part of it and create kind of a almost like a commercial at Cisco Live within the surrounding area, right by the social hub. And and the the theme of this kind of video um, was the social impact that Cisco Live has on the community. Meeting people face-to-face, meeting people in the community, um, and then really embracing the community because of uh, Cisco Live and the social impact that Cisco Live has on this amazing community. Now, when I get the actual published version of this kind of commercial or media overview, I will definitely post it um, in the show notes, a link, and then I will also advertise it on social media once it's out there. Um, They did say it would probably take about a month for it to get fully released and posted on the Cisco Live site. But that was a pretty cool deal, um, being able to uh, say a few few sentences, a few words in the Cisco Live forum uh, where the social hub was and having tons of people right there and kind of walking around, being on camera um, and, and really kind of Putting myself out there for the world to see my opinion on these things I think are really important. I mean, the social impact that Cisco Live has on this community is huge. So hopefully hopefully I can present that to you. So there's that one. The next item that I got to do this year was called, uh, and I'm pretty excited about this, honestly, is the Engineering Deathmatch. Now, if you haven't found, if you haven't heard about the Engineering Deathmatch, you can go to their site. It's, uh, um, I have a, a redirect link for them as well, zigbits.tech slash engdm. What this is, is two people get selected to be candidates or, or kind of engineers that are going to face off. Um, two engineers enter, one exits kind of thing. It's like the Thunderdome, right? In the past, before Cisco Live this year, they've done some events where it might be um, a configuration event. You have like a lab, almost like kind of a mini CCIE lab in the past. Each person has the same lab. You go through, configure things. Whoever either completes it or has the correct answers, they, they win. And they got bragging rights and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this time, what this really was is two people would get together and they would have a design scenario. Colleagues of mine in, in different different venues were able to write some scenarios. 
I would say the first route switch scenario is pretty difficult, uh, and the candidates only have 45 minutes to read through the scenario, to whiteboard it on a spark board, a Cisco spark board, and then to justify their answers as you went to the questions. So a pretty hard scenario for them to do if they're not familiar with the kind of business design architect type of viewpoints, if they're more kind of technical savvy and they're thinking from a technology perspective and a implementation perspective, which would be like the CCIE thoughts versus a, a CCDE thought process. So yeah, the engineering deathmatch was really a great opportunity to, well, let me, I'm, I'm ahead of myself here. Sorry. So you have the two candidates that will be competing each other. Um, I was brought in and asked to be a judge. Uh, so we had a couple people per engineering deathmatch session this this at Cisco Live that were going to be judges to validate what the candidates did um, and then who won the, the session overall. Because it's really kind of um, – it's not as linear as multiple choice questions. All the questions write one. It's more of a, okay, who can justify why they are doing what they're doing from a design perspective? And can they relate that back to the business requirements of the scenario? Those are the kind of the criteria that's really important when we're talking about a design scenario. So I ha- I was able to judge two of them at Cisco Live. They're going to be on can- – they're going to be an episode. It's all video and audio. And as soon as they're published, I will I will – again, I will put them out there on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn. I will put them on the site, um, either redirect links or direct links or whatever. I will advertise them because I think they were pretty cool. And I actually think it's a really good idea putting two people together in a situation like that and really seeing how they interact. I think it was a great opportunity. Um, I did two this year. I did route, a route switch scenario on the Monday, and then I did a data center scenario on the Wednesday. So that was the engineering deathmatch sessions. The last video debut for me for the week was the Network Collective. So the Network Collective, as I've said in the past, is really a great video podcast where they bring people together, have a roundtable discussion on a a topic. You can go to their site, thenetworkcollective.com. You can also, I have a full link for you, redirect link. It's zigbits.tech/nc. That's what they are. Go to their site, follow them. A great, great content, as I've said before. The specific episode I was a part of was in regards to what is happening in this industry for the network engineer roles. And we went through a whole gamut of, you know, the basic administrator role to like the help desk or support ticket staff guy or lady, all the way up to your CCIE, CCD level person. And do you have someone on staff? Do you rely on a a value added reseller to have that technical expertise and then manage the environment? You know, what what really is going to happen over the next 5, 10, 15 years with the the increased use of orchestration and automation solutions that the companies are going for because they're cheaper, they're um, relatively easier. And then on top of that, what's the impact of that in terms of the technology, right? If you outsource your really technical people to these third-party companies and you have someone internal that either is very basic and doesn't really know how to talk the talk, then what do companies really need? And that's what that episode is really about. I feel like I have a very, very specific viewpoint on, on this topic because I really think that things are changing, almost evolving from what they have historically been to more of a, a business minded approach when it comes to these topics and these decisions. It's not going to just be a 
a network engineer decision anymore. It's going to be a business decision. Do we have someone on staff that we pay for to do this stuff? Do we have someone externally that we pay for this stuff? But then also, if you do have someone externally, how do you how do you bind that or how do you partner with that because that person that's external might not be there every day right they might not be a staff augmentation it might be more of a um hey we're going to pull you in to deploy this or this you know we might be deploying i don't know a NAC solution today or an sd-wan solution tomorrow you know or you know cisco's new sd software defined access solution today and really you know are they going to have people on staff that know these technologies or are they going to be people on staff that have a very little limited skill set and that limited skill set is going to be um, not as important as the skill sets that we have today so that was the discussion of the network collective episode at cisco live that i was a part of uh, as soon as it's published i will post it on social media and i will post it on um, the zigbits.tech site and in the show notes again the show notes for this episode are going to be at zigbits.tech slash six all right so there's my my video debut at cisco live uh, now moving in so some of the issues that happen at cisco live uh, as most of you know, when you first get to Cisco Live, you're going to go get your badge. And that is, you know, let me go get my badge. Let me make sure my name's right. Let me make sure my certifications are on the badge, etc. And um, so I got my badge. And, and I will post a, a picture of this. And I have to be different. I'm always the person that has to be different. So I got my badge. And I like to put my nickname in between my first name and my last name in quotes. So traditionally, what I like to do is Michael, quote, Zig, quote, end quote, um, Ziga, and spaces in between. But the system that Cisco Live had, that their their badge system, doesn't understand quotes. So if you look at the show notes, you'll find the picture. I have Michael, and I'm going to read it out. It's the ampersand sign, A-M-P, semicolon, <laughs> quote, semicolon, Zig, Ampersign, AMP, semicolon, quote, semicolon, Ziga. As you can imagine, once that printed, <laughs> I had to go back through the line and, and really get it fixed. And I got rid of Zig just because their system wouldn't or, or acknowledge the quotes. But I have to be different. I have to be a special snowflake with rainbows and glitters and unicorns. Lesson learned. I got to not be different next year. Um, I got a new one. Everything's good. It said Michael Ziga, and that'll also be in, in the show notes. I'll take a picture of that too. If you can only imagine going and getting a, your badge, that's uh, quite, a, quite a shock, right? So this year at Cisco Live, again, my wife and I were very fortunate to be able to afford for her to come, have some time away from our son, have a little break, and really enjoy being at Cisco Live, being in Vegas again. Um, since 10 years ago now, we got married in Vegas. Um, so it's almost like, uh, again, a full circle for us. We didn't really give ourselves a lot of time this year. Last year, we had a few more days at the beginning. Um, this year, we decided to use that time to go down to, to Georgia, where we're looking to possibly move this year. So we didn't have as much time, but really the lesson learned here is that I preferred in 2016 when I we came about three days early, so we had time to adjust the, to the, t the time zone change. 
Whereas this year we came on Sunday and I just, I was not ready for the time zone change. It really affected me. I was in bed, I think by 11 local time. It was like, oh, horrible. So, so I definitely for myself and maybe some of you, I would definitely recommend coming in maybe a couple more days early, adjust to the time zone. If it's a time zone change for you, you know, next year is going to be in, in Orlando. So it might not be a time zone change for you, but it might. We stayed this year because I've always wanted to and I was really hyped about it at the Luxor. Now, I'm glad we stayed there. It was an experience, um, but there are a lot of things that I just didn't like about the Luxor. Our view was not nearly as good as Mandalay Bay, and we still paid for the suite. It was a lot cheaper than Mandalay Bay. So there's, a, I think there was like a $1,000 delta there. You know, you get what you pay for, right? Now, again, I probably will never stay there again. What I didn't realize until staying there is that each floor only has one elevator. And if you don't know where you are on the floor and you're not, you know, maybe you're not close enough to the elevator, where in our case, we were on the opposite side of where the elevator was. We were literally as far away from the elevator. I'm not one opposed to walking, but being at Cisco Live, you're going to walk a lot anyway. It's You're going to be walking every day constantly. So another two sides of the pyramid that I have to walk each time I'm leaving the room and then coming back to the room were pretty daunting. I'm going to say the least. It was pretty daunting. I probably won't stay at the Luxor the next time we go to Vegas. But uh, I do have some pictures of the Luxor, the outside, the inside. Um, some things I'll post on the show notes. And um, But that was my experience with the Luxor. Uh, as I've talked in other episodes, and if you go to like zigbits.tech slash three or four, three was for Cisco Live US 2016, and then slash four is for Cisco Live US 2017 preview. Those two episodes, or those two episodes, go into some detail on my CCI family. My CCI family is the group, the study group, the core group of um, the guys that I studied with to go down the CCIE route switch path. Steven, Kyle, Chad, Jason, all these guys um, were really close. And this year, Steven and Kyle were able to come again, and so was I. So we three were able to come back. And, and, and honestly, this year we had a, a new addition, um, Jason. So Jason, we got to all meet for the first time. We got to all hang out for the first time. And it was really beneficial for us to, to hang out and have that face-to-face time. And But then also, it was good to be able to... Uh, it was Jason's first time at Cisco Live, so it was good for us to be able to mentor him and be like, hey, you know, don't don't overbook yourself with sessions. Um, make sure you're spending, spending the um, right amount of time doing some of the stuff that you want to do. This time again, Steve and Kyle and I, we brought our wives. So it wasn't just the guys. We brought our wives to enjoy the festivities. So all three of the wives got to go to the events afterwards. We got to hang out. Um, some of them were able to go to some spas and massages, all that kind of stuff. But it was good to you know, get to see everyone again and hang out. It was good times. The next thing, I, I think in episode four, which can be found at zigbits.tech slash four, I did mention Cisco Champion. And Cisco Champion, I went into some detail on what I was looking forward to this year for Cisco Champion. You can look at that episode in the show notes to find out what a Cisco Champion is. There's links there and there's a basic information on what a Cisco Champion is. Now, I am a Cisco Champion for 2017. And this year was my first time going to Cisco Live as a Cisco Champion. And I... I didn't realize that there were a number of benefits you get for being a Cisco champion at Cisco Live, like sitting in the front row for most of the keynotes. So the opening keynote with Chuck Robbins, I got to sit in the second row and really a great view of the presentation from Chuck and his uh, guests throughout the, the opening keynote. 
It was really great, honestly. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I didn't realize that was going to be an opportunity. Um, there were a lot of other Cisco Champion-related um, items that you got. I was able to get a Cisco Champion shirt, a Cisco Champion badges, a little Cisco Spark Bear, and I will post pictures of all these extra items I received in the show notes. The next item that I have here was, I'm a CCIE, but then I am also a CCDE this year, so I tried to wait to get my CCD ribbon as long as possible. I really wanted my wife there. Last year, she was there when I got my ribbons, and I really kind of wanted her there, her there. But the timing just didn't work out. We were we were searching for Jason that day. We hadn't found him yet, and we wanted to really meet up with him. And um, so me and Steven went and got our badges, and uh, it just kind of happened. Uh, but it really is an experience, that's for sure. And this year, the, the colors were the same. So um, the CCDE ribbon, it was a, a background of a, like a, a blue, a, a really like sky or baby blue. And then it was a white lettering. Now, one thing that I was kind of missed out on, they did have the tattoo station again this year. So if you went last year, they had like, um, and, and this year, I guess, they had the CC, the certification lounge. They had the tattoo station where they could put a temporary tattoo of whatever certification you had on your body um you could do it on your arms i think there was a couple people that put it on their back and and last year i had done it on my arms and i had planned to do the same thing this year and the timing just didn't work out i was running around like a chicken with my head cut off this year it was really pretty crazy and i just didn't have a chance to go back they closed it at five and i think i went back the last day and i didn't realize the last day they just didn't have it anymore so it was kind of a didn't get to do it this year, but um, um, I really enjoyed it. And next year, I'll definitely do it if they have it again. So the CCD study group, we were supposed to have a breakfast. Um, we really didn't meet up this year. Last year, we had a good breakfast and we had probably seven or eight people there together. Got to meet a lot of people that I hadn't met before that I've been talking face to not face to face, but talking in, in Slack and, and, and whatnot for a year or two at this point this year we went to go have breakfast and it looks like no one showed up for breakfast but um myself and and russ white so russ and i sat down and and ate some food and we had some good talks and i had uh the ability to to bounce some ideas off of him which was a great experience like always talking to russ is always a great experience and last year we talked about bgp and programming bgp for hours so this year was good to to bounce some ideas off him and kind of get his opinion on some of the stuff I also met, finally met Jeremy Philibin in um, our, our study group. So it was a good experience to meet him. Um, I actually met him at the, the CCI party, which uh, ran into him uh, by mistake. Uh, again, that's what happens at Cisco Live. You, you run into people um, on the whim. So keep that in mind and make sure you're planning accordingly to have those, those what I call uh, network nirvana moments where, you know, you're going to walk into something and it's going to be awesome and you really need to take that take that time and really be social and and contribute the cci party so uh, if anyone uh listened to my uh, Cisco Live US 2016 episode, which was episode three, zigbits.tech slash three. If anyone listened to that or looked at the show notes, I had a pretty um, negative opinion of the CCIE party last year at Cisco Live. Again, it was a pool party in Vegas um, where you couldn't go in the pool. So 115 degree heat, very hot outside, pool party. And you couldn't go in the pool. So um, maybe not the best idea, right? And I'm sure it is what it is. This year, light year is better. I put it in here and I'll put it in the show notes, but CLUS 17, CCIE party, 
greater than sign than CLUS 16 CCIE party. So um, by far night and day, they raised the bar double or triple what they had done the year before. I mean, they had a ton of music. They had a donut wall, like a wall of donuts. I'll put posts. I'll, I'll post pictures in it. Um, it was a nightclub, so it was inside. They had AC. It's it was just a great atmosphere. Tons of people were on the floor dancing. Um, people were just kind of having a good time. Um, and I do have some pictures of some people having a good time. It, it really was a great experience comparatively to the year before. I, I say it was night and day. Um, it looked like a lot of people were having fun versus last year. A lot of people were just hot and sweaty and trying to find food. Customer appreciation event. So this is Wednesday night last week, Bruno Mars, and the day of this event, I was giving early access badges to get into the concert uh, for the Bruno Mars concert. So you can only imagine how excited I was. So I, I will I will take pictures of them. I'll post them in the show notes as well. Again, the show notes are zigbits.tech slash six. The passes, two people, it was two passes, me and my wife, um, Julie, we were able to get in right at seven o'clock and we were able to go find the locations that we wanted to sit at, reserve some seats for some friends and some colleagues and, and I will post the pictures, but it was amazing. They were front, almost front row seats. Again, last year for the Maroon 5 concert, my wife really liked Maroon 5. So we ended up standing in the middle of the floor standing area. We were probably 15 feet away from, maybe 20 feet away from Maroon 5 as they were playing. But we couldn't really leave or come back. And it... And also, we were standing the whole time, so our feet were hurting. It was it was really kind of a long period of time, maybe an hour and a half, two hours for the whole concert. You know, there was some reminiscence of that. So this year, we wanted to make sure we got seats, and we had the opportunity to get some relatively front row seats, great views, um, see Bruno Mars. We can see, like, the sweat from his face as he's walking around. So great seats. The food at the Customer Appreciation event was off the charts. I mean, they had um, Shake Shack. They had a number of other, like they had, I think they had hot dogs, pizza, obviously beer, soda, milkshakes. They had a whole bunch of food and it was delicious. I, I, I didn't get a chance to eat the food last year. So this was awesome to be able to eat the food and enjoy it with some, again, with some friends. Really have a great time with the concert going on. So it's pretty exciting. Um, the only, only honestly negative thing I would say about Bruno Mars was that he didn't come back on stage. So I've gone to a number of concerts and by no means I'm not I don't go to like 10 a year or anything like that. I go to like one or two maybe every couple years. Um, this year happens to be at the high number. I think I've gone to two already and I might go to another. Um, but I've, this is my first concert where the, the the main act doesn't come back on stage. Didn't come back on stage. So as like an encore. So that was the first time I've had that happen. But other than that, I think it was really, really good. Kind of a once in a lifetime experience, really. Now getting out of the stadium that's it's stadium getting out of the stadium after the concert took some time we were like in the front row we got there first and we pretty much had to leave last right we had to take your time wait for everyone else to go follow everyone and, and then head out so but it was a great experience all around now the next bullet was meeting people so throughout throughout the entire week i got to meet a lot of friends from previous years and, and old co-workers i got to meet 
a lot of new friends that I hadn't met before. People that maybe I follow in the community or on you know social media on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn and maybe Facebook, and that you know I know their their Twitter their Twitter handle. Um, but I don't know them, right? So face to face, and you know, throughout the whole Cisco Live, a lot of these interactions that I had with people really brought me closer to who they actually are. And I've met a ton of people this week, or, or sorry, I met a ton of people last week. So you know, I, I would definitely tell everyone keep an open mind. You know, we're all nerds in this community, and we're all geeks. We might pretty much all be introverts for the most part in some fashion and we might all be socially awkward but you know in this in this type of environment this top this type of socially um social community driven environment it's our chance to you know let our extrovert side come out a little bit and really talk to other other people like us other like-minded people other like-minded engineers nerds geeks ziglets and really connect with one another um and that's what that's what cisco live is really all about that's in in its heart of cisco live in my opinion Um, there's obviously the technology aspect of everything there's obviously learning the new technology or hearing what's new what's you know being released each year um which i'll get into in the summary here in a minute but really networking and meeting with people and putting a face to people and and having those what I've termed the network nirvana kind of discussions in in the you know at lunch the lunch and learns I would say that Russ White and I had a pretty good network nirvana discussion on a new initiative that we might try to do you know and and really meeting with some people in the industry and really having so many discussions really opens up your minds as well so or opens up your eyes as well I would say make sure you're making time to spend um, in the social hub, reaching out to people that you, that you you know you want to meet. Even if you have that stardom shock, I had it. I met I met Fish, um, Denise Fishburn, for the first time this year um, at the beginning of Cisco Live, and she was in the social hub. And I look up to her. I've looked up to her for years. I just never had a chance to meet her. And this year, or she had like one person with her versus last year where she was she had a ton of people around her. And I actually got a chance to meet her. So, and, and again, I I was starstruck. It was someone that I really looked up to. Someone that I th- I thought. I'm not worthy type of situation and I got a chance to meet her and she was, she's an awesome person, great hugs, fish hugs. And she gave me a ton of stuff, a ton of fish memorabilia, um, stickers and magnets and whatnot. I would just say that, you know, for anyone else that are, is in those situations where, you know, you, you want to meet someone that you look up to um, is maybe they don't even know that you look up to them. You know, you see them at a social event and they're not like overly busy. Then, yeah, go up and introduce yourself. Try not to be too weird, but, you know, embrace it. Embrace it because we all are nerds in this community. We're all our geeks. We are all ziglets and that's who we are. Kind of a good segue going into the next topic that I wanted to make sure everyone was aware of. Um, and I will document all of this next topic on the show notes as well. The theme of Cisco Live US 2017 was superhero. I got a chance to let my super zig fly. I got a chance from the social hub uh, on, I think, Wednesday and Thursday that I won the social event for that day. And that the prize from that social event was a superhero 
mask and a superhero cape and i rocked it and i i mean i know some people wouldn't have i'm sure some people would have been like nope i'm not doing that that's dumb but uh i rocked it and i I was proud of it even if i looked dumb i rocked that that outfit i went everywhere um with it on and took pictures with a ton of people i went and did the uh the social hub um photo shoot again with the cape and the mask on I actually am going to have my son wear it too. I think it'll be really cool. I think he'll love it. Total nerd, total geek, throwing it out there. I got a chance to be like that. Transitioning over to what a lot of people think is the primary reason for Cisco Live, the conference, and the the keynotes and the sessions and and whatnot. Now, I'm going to kind of... Uh, summarize a lot of this because there's a lot of different sessions that you can go to and there's almost too many sessions right and only being just about a week after Cisco Live I haven't had a chance to go back through the sessions that I I didn't get a chance to go to so it's going to take a couple months for me to catch up on some of those sessions that I either decided that you know I'll watch this afterwards or I'll go through the presentation afterwards or maybe I skipped a session right for some of the other things that I was doing I might have skipped one of the sessions that I had wanted to go to and I want to I'm going to have to watch it later. I started with the keynotes. The opening keynote really set the stage for the entire conference, in my opinion. It really showed where Cisco is at in this market with the launching of the Network Intuitive, the launching of Software Defined Access, and the Campus Fabric, and then then the launching of the new Catalyst 9K series of switches. So those those three are, I think there's three things there. Those are three huge items, and Cisco positioned it, I think, appropriately, where they released the majority of them the, the week before Cisco Live, so that they could focus on it for Cisco Live. Now, the opening keynote with Chuck Robbins that was the underlying threat, hands down, was network intuitive, you know, SDA, DNA, and then Campus Fabric, and then the new Cat9. So that, that was the theme throughout the entire Cisco Live, and it really started with the keynote. The Internet of Things presence within the Cisco Live keynotes. So each each chair had a lanyard with like um i would call it like a badge or i think it was called a ghost shell or something where it was a a computerized device not intelligent just a computerized device that probably had some sort of computer board in it that could connect maybe bluetooth or wirelessly in some some fashion back to a central place now depending on where that device was it would change to different color. It would and it would change to different colors based on the point of the music. Um, it might have been fully programmable remotely, or it might have been set up a certain way. I don't know the back ends of it, but I thought that was really cool to, to really show the IoT presence and that grand of size of or mass of of people. I mean, we're talking twenty or twenty five thousand people in that auditorium setting and all these these devices are changing colors they're going to the beat of the music it it was extraordinary to see firsthand there's other additional keynotes and of course you guys can go and look at them if you go to CiscoLive.com, they'll be there i'm sure you can look at them we had the the guest keynote with brian cranston which was um more of a discussion this year versus last year's keynote with kevin spacey um i do think kevin spacey's last year was better than brian's this year but this year was a different vibe altogether it wasn't like a um get up there and talk for an hour type of thing it was more of a come out with Chuck and sit down and have a real long discussion or a 45-minute discussion. Very different take on how they presented everything this year versus last year. 
So the overview, kind of summary of, of you know Cisco Live as a whole, I kind of touched on SDA, SDA software fine access. I touched on um, DNA, IoT, and network intuitive, and then the new Cat nines. I, I really think that, and it's not only Cisco. So let's let's try to bring this back from a vendor agnostic perspective, right? Uh, I really personally think that our world is having an evolution maybe a revolution or I would probably say more like an evolution. Our world, our networking industry, network engineer industry is really going to be having an evolution. Um, it's already in the middle of this evolution and it's going to be in the evolution for over the next five to 10 years. Things are changing and they're rapidly changing. You have the added roles of like like DevOps roles being developed. You have more uh, business-focused engineering roles where taking business requirements, constraints, and drivers to make decisions versus the legacy networking decisions being done in a vacuum or by the network team alone and not by the business side. We are seeing more people adopt a automation footprint or an orchestration footprint in whatever fashion. If that's using a Cisco product or if that's using more like an OpenStack or a Kubernetes or you know, cumulus networks type of solution. Those are those are other options as well. That's why I'm keeping it vendor agnostic here. You know, the the whole point is that businesses are realizing, or business leaders are realizing, the drive towards automation, orchestration, a policy-driven approach to networking. And I think Cisco is really adopting a solution. So they're trying to put all their, all their, betting all their chips in one hand, um, a poker, right? So now they may not be betting, they might, they may not be going all in. They're doing a lot here with new hardware models, a new SDE. So I, I kind of term that software to find everything that was said during the opening keynote. And I do see that happening as well. To summarize this, this is a long summary. We're having the evolution in the industry. Things are changing. What does that mean for us? We can answer that question, discuss that question at length um, in a whole other episode. But right now, I mean, we have to keep an open mind. Things are going to change. Our roles are going to change. And, and, you know, five years from now, we might not, there might not be the same roles that are here today. Hey, Ziglets, that's going to close out this episode of the Zigbits Network Design Podcast on Cisco Live US 2017 Recap. Thanks for listening. Be sure to visit zigbits.tech to join the conversation and access the show notes. The show notes can be found at zigbits.tech slash six. If you liked today's episode, if it inspired you, resonated something within you or provided a level of real world context let us know you can find us on twitter and linkedin by searching for zigbits that's z-i-g-b-i-t-s you can also send us an email to feedback at zigbits.tech don't forget to join us in two weeks for another episode where we will continue to provide real world context around technology